You are now listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Doc, sharing insights through real, honest, and practical ways to improve your communication and relationships. Featuring your hosts, Dr. Pamela Kreiser, Meredith Edwards Nagel, and Taylor Polindo. Hey guys, so we're back talking about fallacies. Excellent. Let's do it. How we got into this series is because Taylor (laughs) has a background in debate. Brief, very brief. And wanted to to talk about these topics and we think they're really kind of fun. We can't wait too much longer, Taylor, to hear about your favorite fallacy. Mm. Yeah, so one, I thought it was important because I see a lot of people, I think, fall into believing the arguments when this fallacy is presented. It's known as the genetic fallacy. Defined, it's when you start to judge whether something is good or bad based on where it came from. So either the idea of it or even who it came from rather than the actual argument itself. Mm. One, we see this, I don't want to do a hasty generalization and say everywhere, but kind of everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So now that we've defined it, let's look at what we call cousin fallacies or fallacies that are similar or related Mm -hmm. to the genetic fallacy that we're looking at. A big one is guilty by association. When you are condemning someone's standpoint or argument based on a negative ethos associated to like their group, even religion, political belief, that you're not even like focusing on the argument, but just you're dismissing it. Is that what it is? Dismissing it? Yeah, so like don't listen to her. She's a Mm, mm -hmm. fill in the blank. Mm, That's a good one. Okay. We think about their membership or who they are or what they represent and we dislike it. So out they go. It's a good example of that one. We knew you'd ask. Oh, jeez. What is a good example, Meredith? The subject of what we're talking about is like basically putting down someone's argument based on who they're associated with, not based on the argument itself. That's right. Because so-and-so believes this religion or belief structure, you can't trust them or you can't Mm -hmm. take them seriously or whatever, or because they're from this cultural background or Mm -hmm. or ethical background or because they belong to this group. They Mm -hmm. can't. Absolutely. I think political party, don't trust that person, what they're saying because they're X. Yeah. So you can't, can't listen to them or trust them because they reside they're on this side of the table. And typically that's because it's going to be opposite from whatever side you're sitting on. Yeah. (laughs) Because if they're on your side of the table, then you don't mind the fallacy, this example, right? Oh, sure. I think also, I don't know about this, but for people who really identify and stick to one camp, I would think that when they hear about this, they'll say, oh, they always do this and think the other side and maybe not see the bias of that their side does it as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Related to the ad hominem, right? Oh, yeah. Ad hominem is this fallacy where we will criticize the source of the argument in an attempt to get away from it. So it's more like a personal attack. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of the same outcome because we're not talking about ideas, right? Again, yeah. And another cousin would be uh, the argument from inertia. Inertia is like yeah. is movement, right? Right. So it's basically a fallacy that has to continue even on a, even if there's a mistake in the course, because if you change, if you're in the fallacy and you're in the group that's mistaken and you change course, it would mean admitting that the leader or your belief or whatever it is was wrong. And so in an effort to keep moving forward at the expense for basically nothing, you continue with the fallacy, you keep moving in it. You don't want to admit you're wrong because then you feel like you've lost all credibility. 
but you don't want to continue down the wrong course. I feel like parents do this sometimes. Like they might pick a make a bad decision and go, we're no, committed. we're having a picnic. We're having a picnic. It might be super windy and everyone's sunburned, but we're doing the picnic. We're and we're staying the course and we're sticking yes. with it because we didn't want to admit that a picnic was a bad idea. I'm always thinking yes. it was like fear to leave your group. Yeah. Oh, I think it, on a bigger oh. version of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're talking about origins, I have an example <laughs> of this that I read that I found really interesting. When the Nazi regime was in place, one of the things that some people have not remembered about that time period was that Hitler was very into science and research. And one of the early areas that he researched was smoking and the effects of smoking. They were one of the first groups to study the relationship between smoking and cancer. And they did that early on. And what happened is that after all of that passed for maybe 20 or 30 years, people didn't want to associate cancer and smoking because they didn't like it as they called it the Nazi argument. Mm. And they would not adopt it because of the scientists political views who had discovered this connection. Yes. And so it's it's an interesting thing to kind of look back on. You could dismiss it for a lot of years, this idea of the relationship between smoking and cancer, and, it, and they dismissed it entirely on the fact that the people who discovered this initially, they didn't agree with. Hmm. And so the argument itself, they didn't look at the science, they looked at the people who were the scientists. That makes sense because... I think by and large, most people think Hitler was an awful person and you don't yeah. want to agree with that awful person. Yeah. But that doesn't make his argument of smoking causing cancer any less true. Yeah. And I don't know so much that it was his argument, although people yeah. called it that. They oh, okay. The, the Nazi argument, ultimately, okay. and that was its nickname. Guilty by association. Yeah. Yeah. I found that to be an interesting example, but a useful one in that the idea that the smoking and cancer aren't thought about any longer. It's just where it came from. And we don't like that. So we don't like the whole box. Mm. That's really a powerful example. I would wrestle with that because I'd want to resist that box. Yeah, that can't. And yeah. so I initially wouldn't be mad at people resisting that group. Mm -hmm. <sighs> this is a tough one for me. Yeah, it is. I feel like it gets used often and it's very problematic. Do you want to keep going with more fallacies? Are we loving this? I love fallacies. We are loving it. <laughs> are we loving this? <laughs> I guess the other thing that I'm hearing in these fallacies so far is it's either the source or so far with the guilt by association or who you hang out with mm -hmm. that we're paying attention to versus the argument. A lot of what I'm hearing from all of these, like start, we're starting with genetic fallacy. That's like the key of tonight of this episode. If I'm not rooted in what my own values are, then I can be swayed just following the beef with the person rather than the actual discussion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When have I felt like I've followed the suit with this or wrestled with it? And maybe it's when I'm not my most confident self in something that I think mm -hmm. I value or believe in. And so yeah. hearing other people attack a person or a group because of that, it's almost comfortable. I don't want to believe that it is, but it, it Mm -hmm. I can I can see how that's tempting. For me, I was thinking that it makes it really powerful and I understand why people just attack someone's reputation. Mm -hmm. Or we even call it canceling someone. Yeah. yeah. We can just take away all the credibility. Like they might have something very credible to say, but 
they can pick apart something about the human because all humans, you know, make mistakes. If you just stick to the person and attack that Mm -hmm. rather than actually get to the meat of an argument. So I think that's why it's important to study this is to understand how to find a good argument and kind of look away from all the contributing factors that Mm -hmm. the flash, I guess, that we get kind of caught on. Is it ever okay to attack the source in the argument? Is it ever okay to say, well, look at this person's <sighs> personal background? Or is that, are we getting into a whole other slew of problems in that? We well, I think, you know, one of the question. things that, that people have talked about for years, obviously, is the impact of credibility mm-hmm. on the believability of a message that somebody shares. And we all are affected by that. So that's somewhat about what we're talking about. It's, I'm listening to your argument, and but I don't like the kind of person you are, statesman you are, or credible profile that you have, or discredited profile that you have. Therefore, your argument is seen in a different way. I think that's certainly related here, and we're affected by it. But I think if we want to stick to the fallacy side, that might be a little easier. Mm-hmm. Because we would say, on one hand, we're very affected by credibility. But on the other hand, let's be aware of when it really does fall apart. Okay, so we should kind of wrestle with more of examples of how this comes to play in real life. Let's do that and then know how to see it because I want to know how to see it in conversation in myself and how to listen for it. Okay, so I just thought of one and that is some people criticize women reporters for the NFL, Mm -hmm. American football, and they say, Mm -hmm. how can she know how to play football because she's a woman? Mm. And that would be discarding any of her points that she made about the game. Mm-hmm. any of the reporting that she did, and instead saying, I can't listen to her because men play in the American Football League and hmm. yeah, those are the only people that have no an argument. Yeah. Did they say anything about what she actually was saying about right. her actual reporting and the argument or just reporting fact that she did? So again, staying away from the meat of the dialogue then, I guess. The challenge is for us to watch for that in other people and ourselves and say, am I not taking this reporter seriously because I have decided to discount this reporter because of a category she's in or a opinion that I have about women or whatever? Mm. <laughs> That's a good one. I think of one, I can't take marriage advice from a therapist who's divorced. Oh, yeah. And that's interesting because that person might have a great thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I actually felt that when I was younger and got divorced that younger married people around me didn't want to talk to me too much about marriage because mm. I was divorced. Like I was going to like lead everyone. It, like it was divorced. contagious. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, well, you'll, it, catch, you'll catch a divorce. And maybe it was just my own perception, but I remember that feeling like, Oh yeah. Uh-huh. People that are young and married don't want to talk to me because I left this situation. You know, I, mm-hmm. so then I'm, I'm a divorced person. So then why would someone want my advice? And I would think you're more credible. That's so funny. I'm like, yeah, tell me everything. And now that I've, I've, do- I've dove in a second time, I'm like, well, now I know I have, I mean, doing my best, but you know, <laughs> I'm in it, you know, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good example. So should we get to how we identify it in conversation? Sure. Where do we see it kind of coming up? I feel like it relates a little bit to some of the work we did over the holidays where we talked about some of the struggles we have with our families And when you have a bigger team at the table on your side of an argument, I think it's easier to fall prey to these fallacies. Mm -hmm. 
and say, oh, so they don't know anything about economic policy because blah, 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 a crooked stockbroker or whatever. And I, if I have enough people on my team at the table, I feel really good about saying that fallacy, even though there might be people at the table who don't share that point of view. You get a big team together and you can get sloppy. I'm also kind of struggling with this, though, because if there's a group at the table that has more education or experience in the subject, I sometimes want to bow out and go, I, I don't know. I don't have the, the history on this that you have, and I'm, I want to listen. I feel like that's why this is so important to be able to identify this, because it's not even saying that the argument is incorrect. They could be correct, but using this fallacy of just following them blindly or rejecting mm -hmm. it blindly because mm -hmm. of where it comes from or who it comes from gives them the opportunity to actually do more work and explain the argument better so that it is a good argument or explain their point better. The fallacy is not whether or not they're right or wrong, but let's not reject it or follow it based on who it's coming from. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because so you're missing out on good information when you just completely close yourself off to one group or person or whatever it is, news yeah. source or belief system. Is your advice then in looking out for this in day-to-day -day life, in work, relationships, home, whatever it is, conversations you're having, listen for what the focus is on? Mm -hmm. So when the person is disagreeing with someone or trying to discredit, what is the focus on? Is the focus on the evidence of what they're saying? Is it on actually what's coming out of their mouth? Mm -hmm. Or is it about the person that's saying it or just the side of the table that they're sitting on? And that's why. Or that the origin, right? But, but yeah. what Taylor's point is, way to counteract it is to get into the argument itself and not make any decisions about agreement or disagreement based on, I like you or I hate this person mm -hmm. and focus in on, okay, what are the actual arguments being made? What are people saying as the ideas versus the people? This is going to be hard because aren't we a, yeah. a people of wanting to belong and be part of something? So sure. then if you, if you hear someone else saying, yeah, they're against our group, it makes me want to be like, yeah, I want to defend that. You know, like yeah. I, I belong here. There's a belongingness feeling I'm having. I'm part of this community, this belief, this whatever it is. And so to really listen for this stuff and what the focus of that argument is going to challenge us, I think, internally ourselves, because then we won't fall into that snowball effect or whatever the visual is for you. I mm -hmm. think if that's making sense. I kind of look at these as just shortcuts. So you can kind of get what you want from people by taking this shortcut instead of doing the work of fully delving into evidence or mm -hmm. the information or whatever it is. And I think it ultimately makes your case stronger if you can come up and not use fallacies. So how do we stop it? Well, I think one thing we could do is if, if we're trying to say an idea and we feel like it's being dismissed because someone doesn't like the origin of it, or someone doesn't like the political person saying it or the whoever public figure saying it, the challenge then is to focus on the idea. More focus on the person or the origin is not going to get you anywhere, according to this fallacy. Okay. Because people are going to hate that. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, I don't like this person. So instead, if you don't feel like you're being heard, is to return back to what's the core of the idea. Uh, sometimes I think about ideas. And I think if I tell you who thought of this idea, you're going to hate it. <laughs> so maybe on some level, we need to edit where the idea came from. <laughs> because we know the recipient will not be able to handle it. Mm -hmm. So just talk about the information. 
Here's the connection it. between cancer and smoking. But I'm not going to tell you where that started because you're going to not like that. Mm. Yeah. And keep the focus. So th I think that's one thing if you don't feel like you're being heard. I think that is something to think about and say, return to the ideas or the argument is the solution there, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That, so that, that's how to, how to stop it in its tracks when you see it or how to reorient back to the, an actual discourse and not a fake one, which is a fallacy, right? <laughs> right. Think about it. Are they listening to me? So this is when I think this is more of a tip for someone in the minority. If this is how it works and if this is the trap that's potentially out there, let's think about how we present it and disassociate it with the origin or disassociate it with the person who might derail it hmm. and talk about the idea. And then if we can do that, that's not always possible. But if we can do that, we might be heard a little more. And I think that's a really important starting point. Yeah. For those of us in the minority, which we all are at some point on some idea, <laughs> that's the strategy. So then the other strategy is what happens when you're witnessing it. Just because we've been talking about this, I practiced it out with someone and we were on the same side, but they were using a fallacy. Mm. And so I said, that's a fallacy. And so I kept pushing back. It gave them the opportunity to push to a stronger argument. And I was like, okay, I could buy that now because you're not selling me on, I can't even remember which fallacy they were using, but I was like, I know right. it's a fallacy. So, and people responded well to being told that they are well, committing this a crime. Well, this a very trusted relationship that I <laughs> could say that, that candidly with them. I would probably wouldn't do that with most people, but but yeah, that's good. <laughs> it was a sibling. He he could take it. So that's interesting, though, that it resulted in that because you were able to redirect it in such a way that you still got back to the idea, the merit of the yeah, idea. Because I was like, I, I think I agree with you, but I need stronger, a stronger argument that's not relying on these. I don't even know how else to say it other than this fallacy. This I love I love shortcut. what you just said. I think I agree with you. I need to know more. That sounds like such a great tool to think about using. Because mm. right. you're you're not saying put up your dukes. We're against yeah. each other. Yeah. Try to find the commonality. I think that's something we talk a lot about on this podcast. Yeah. Those commonalities and how to find them. Yeah. And it, it gets movement. It's good. So I guess the last thing is as we're kind of talking about it, what if you don't agree with the mm. other party? They're engaging in the fallacy. You're going to bite your tongue, I think, first. That's, that's <laughs> bite your tongue, to throw a punch. No. No, just because I, because I, you want to, if you're anything like me and you hear it and you want to resist that, it's, it's hard. And so it's a, like a take a breath, I think, silly thing to say maybe, but like, slow down in your own mind to think about how to respond to these things, mm -hmm. how to get back to the idea of a conversation without just directly like insulting a person. It's going to yeah. be difficult. This is worth the effort to pause and really, really listen differently. Like pay attention to how you're listening to arguments around you and mm -hmm. what you want to say next sometimes in argument when you're resisting someone. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important. Yeah. I like that. I like it. I'm ready to struggle with this. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, thank you for joining us today. Please remember to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. And thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Our email is hello 
at afafpodcast.com. This show is for educational purposes only and is copyrighted. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting. Thanks for listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Talk.